Hello everyone. Welcome to the Scorpion's Den. I'm Akaya Sasari and we are going to get into some questions today. The first question we are going to talk about is what is the craziest thought you've ever had? So I've had a lot of crazy thoughts. Mainly, if I had to say which thought was the most WTF, I would say that the it would be the, joining the military. Joining the military was definitely the craziest thought because my entire intention around joining was not based on the normal. Uh, it was almost outside of every other reason to join the military. And I did it for my own selfish reasons. It was a crazy time to to consider being a rebel, seeing how it was August of 2001. And if everybody can remember that far back, September 11th, 2001 was that date. And uh, yeah, what a big thing to walk into that was. So that was definitely the craziest uh, thought that I've had. Um, a lot of things that some people wouldn't consider crazy that maybe could have been a little bit risky, I would say would be moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. I had a fear about coming to the the West, west of the Mississippi for whatever reasons. And it took me until 2013 to be able to do that. And uh, that was a pretty crazy, crazy time as well. Simply, I had a gallbladder attack and I had to ride the Greyhound bus from coast to coast from North Carolina to Arizona. So I was going through 52 hours of Greyhound bus riding guttural pain and couldn't do anything about it except travel. So that was... It was a pretty intense moment. Um, that was just another crazy thought. I can't really think of too many that were crazy. I guess if you think of a thought as crazy or out of the normal, then you got to consider that either way you look at it, you've decided to do whatever it is you do. So, you know, that's ultimately how that goes. All right. So would you rather never experience love? Or have the most devastating heartbreak. So, never experiencing love, we already know what that does. We can just take a look around us. We can just take a really good look around us and see what love, or the, excuse me, the lack of love looks like. Uh, when it comes to actual present love that's present, I would say that it, it's overwhelming. Um, honestly, Never feeling love doesn't cause the feelings that the devastating heartbreaks and all that. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't work together. Like, never experiencing love, where would be the joy in that if you don't have the feeling of love? So you can ultimately, without love, you cannot experience the positive side, the bright side of anything. Because ultimately, there's nothing that you love that would drive that. Um, devastating heartbreaks are just normal. You know, it's our own expectation working against us. So working with the expectation and l causing the love itself 
and the heartbreak to be less painful actually preserves the concept of love, if you ask me. Um, me personally, I love very deeply and intently. And most of the time, the people who are being loved can't really fathom too far deep into why that person loves them as much. But ultimately, when it ends up overriding the way they look when they love another person, then it starts to get a little kooky. You know, it's the, when people express their feelings without actually expressing the feelings, when they're just being in love at the moment, it tends to send people on a little merry-go-round and kind of confuses them as to thinking that they're not loving enough, okay? This is where the balance and the expectations between two people start to show itself and it it tends to basically uh, decompose the entire relationship. So ultimately, I would personally say there isn't a chance in hell I would ever think about going through this life without an ounce of love in my heart. And if I feel like giving that up because of some devastating heartbreak, then I have to see myself as a very, very weak person. And ultimately, <clears throat> the love you have is basically the love that you can give. So if you're not feeling love, then you ultimately aren't giving it, which means you're kind of irrelevant. So keep loving everyone the same as you would yourself and honestly it seriously means love like it doesn't mean however you feel about just treat others as you would want to be treated no you probably want to be treated like shit so you can look like the victim so no i'm not going to do that what i'm going to do is treat others with love period you see how there's no reciprocity there's only giving there's only kindness that's how it's supposed to go we're not supposed to do onto others as others have done onto you. Because then, who's to say that our behavior was already moral? And that that concept alone, that wording, is only going to make the person think that their negative actions are correct. So, you know, it's just do onto others with love, period. You know, there's no quirky little back and forth thingy, no. You know, so let's get the love in check, guys. And we'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter. If you can be... No, that's not a good question. Actually, let's go with that one. If you could be featured in a song with any artist, who would you choose? I listen to a lot of rock music. Um, and it, there's a certain depth when it comes to a musical instrument. And it shows through the person playing through the person orchestrating within this entire band dynamic. And if I had to say the band that I would most gratefully be featured in with is probably Shinedown. Because Shinedown has helped me through so many dark situations that I can't even count. I can't even begin to tell you. Every album had some significance to some part of my life that I was battling with. Every song, every album... Every quote that the lead singer had to give. Uh, there was one specific quote that life is like a forty-five, like a pistol. 
and ultimately it's going to send you things in life that are good and it's going to take away things that are also good so it's like you almost have to take the good and the bad with everything and that's kind of where I understand the duality of things they've helped a lot with that and ultimately I can't write songs I could probably write words you know, uh, in a thought-provoking sense. But when it comes to the melodic form of the music, it's pretty hard for me to be able to express it through melody. But that would be on the band's, you know, responsibility because, you know, it's just a matter of being featured in the song. So ultimately, if I were to write some lyrics and they were to musicalize it, then, you know, let's, let's get it, let's do it. So that's it. Well, screw it. Let's do one more question. I feel I'm pretty uh, answerable today. So would you rather be with someone, someone, I'm assuming in a relationship standard, would you rather be with someone completely new, never met before? Or would you be with something from your past, someone from your past, but only of your choosing? So basically the past relationship that you can be with is of your choosing and the new one is just new because you can't choose a new person. Just, it's just a new person. So basically what I would do personally, um, I don't really have the, the patience. Um, especially if the new person in my life is, uh, lacking in awareness to mutual things that I understand. Ultimately, in order to understand me, you really truly have to understand self-awareness. So the new person would completely be a no-go. I would know that right off the bat. Now, someone from the past, but from your choosing, I would not choose anybody else to be with. Like, that's not really how I want to do it. Uh, What I would do is choose somebody from the past that I would want to, I guess, mend the bridge that was burned. Um, That's probably the more optimal thing that I could possibly think of doing. Um, you know, I would rather be by myself if it really deserved an answer. Like I would really just be deserved or, uh, rather be by myself because I learned so much and I think so deeply and I understand so much of my thoughts that why let anything else in to disrupt that or even cloud it to the point that it's going to cause a disruption in my life. Um, most people, there's a dependency with, with someone being abilities. That's really all I can really say. Um, Whatever programming that the conditioning has told us to need a relationship or to have to be content within a marriage or or some sort of joint contract, because that's ultimately what it is. Like, it's, we got to learn to step out of it. I mean, for some people, it might even be too late. They might have already found the person they feel like they love. And, you know, nobody wants to admit that there's an issue with their decision making in something so huge. But really... In reality, we've come into this world alone from the darkness, 
and we will leave this world alone into the darkness. So everything in between is just experience. Is experience more powerful than life and death? I doubt it. Experiences are barely even permanent. As soon as it's over, it's just a distant memory from that point on. You know, so it's holding people to like being with you in the first place. That's really not going to work. You know, some people try to do this through a friendship manner. And that's that also is just a dead end. Um, If you can't love all the same way, then isolating that love to one person or two people or 10 people and not 7.7 billion is ultimately going to freaking cause uh, an over overwhelming feeling of, of love. And people, you know, people don't know, but that feeling is too overwhelming. That, that feeling is too much for one human to be able to handle. So, you know, definitely <clears throat> take into consideration that love is, and, and sharing love with another is, it's still experiential. And ultimately, life and death and the truth about that has overall complete power over experience. So thank you for listening to this rendition of, I don't even know what to call this. I mean, I wanted to call it three questions, but I think I said four this time. We'll still call it three questions. We'll just choose better next time. So thank you for listening to three questions. And anytime you can shoot up to me, any questions that's, that's tormenting you, that's, just yanking you down to the point that you're just boxed in by this question. Um, Don't be ashamed to come out and reach out because ultimately it wouldn't be seeking approval. It would be gaining insight. And there is a big difference. So go ahead and check out my Instagram. Check out Akai Sasori 56 on Instagram. Awaken the Psyche also on Instagram. If you play poker, really any casino games, check out my page, Awaken Poker. And if you're having issues with building your business or anything of the sorts when it comes to your journey in the business world, marketing world, anything of that world, I am here for you. So this is going to be the first episode and it may be a little rocky, but guess what? We, have, we can easily polish this stone out. So thank you guys for listening in to the Scorpions Den, and we'll see you next time. Later. Is your business getting the attention that it needs to thrive in another declining economy? Are you so busy with keeping the business afloat that you have no time to make an updated strategic plan for your marketing? Instead of waiting for your business growth to knock at your door, Take the plunge into establishing your presence on the internet. When a small business takes the evolutionary step into adapting their market's awareness, these financial obstacles tend to not affect the business as harshly as others. What has once worked in the past might not work for the present, so we need to understand that adjusting to be ready for the future is a critical and prosperous decision to make. That's why Awakened Innovation 
feels obligated to bring specific needs to your business in order to learn and teach ever-changing momentum of your business's social media and online attention. Hello, truth seekers, awakened ones. So how was everybody doing today? I have a question that just came in my direction. <sighs> By the way, welcome to the Scorpion's Den. We're going to mix this up because honestly, we can't be talking about the same stuff all the time, even if it's different. So what we're going to do this time is <clears throat> going to answer a random question that was actually, you know, it's a real question. Um, basically one of those thinking, thinking man questions. So the question is, and I'm going to take this personally, of course, if all humans are addicted to something, what's your addiction? And I'm assuming that means, you know, there's always going to be something that we depend on, right? Um, so basically, um, when it comes to me and addiction, honestly, I couldn't really see what the big deal was. I didn't know why everybody was getting so hooked until I realized that and I still could not let go of sugar. Um, if there was any addiction inside of me that said more towards I'm stuck, I'd be going through some stuff with sugar more than anything on the planet. Guarantee. Guarantee. And, um, you know, I've been around the way and put myself in harm's way numerous times just to learn things, you know? You can't understand pain if you don't put yourself in a position. And so that was that. You know, and it was like, oh, that was, that was, that was drugs, huh? That's what everybody was wasting all this money on the D.A.R.E. program when I was a little kid. Like, they were putting all this money into it, and it's not even, not even anything. But that corn syrup, that sugar, man, that sugar, I, I don't know. I, I went so overboard, I'm surprised I'm alive. Just from that, my gallbladder definitely almost exploded inside of me. So, I mean, there was definitely a means to an end when it came to not moderating a substance. Um, people want to think marijuana, crack, cocaine, like, fuck all that. That that means nothing compared to the things other people are compulsively after. Like sugar. Um, 
like shopping, like money, health, approval, validation. What else do people seek as a dependency, you know? Love. It's all the same. The thing about addiction is that it only has one face, but a million different masks. Otherwise, it'd have a million different names. It'd be a lot more names than just addiction if it was because of the drug. No, this is a this is a monster that wears masks of things of the underworld. And apparently sugar is down there in the underworld as well. Because I don't think anything was able to control me in my life. And honestly, even if I didn't eat the sugar or whatever the substance is, even if I didn't. Oh, God. Even if I didn't need it, there will be an inward battle between me and 25 feet away, this sugary substance. And, um, you know, it could be there for a total of, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure people would be like, oh, yeah, I bought a muffin and I stayed in my refrigerator and went old, so I just threw it away. I didn't eat it, no carbs, blah, 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 I'm happy. That's not what I was feeling. It wasn't about getting fat or not, or carbs or not at the time, because it was, I mean, it was a blueberry muffin. But the fact that there was definitely going to be sugar inside of it bothered me. And um, that that's pretty much what my thing is. Uh, and I think it'll always be that. Like, I, however I moderate it, it's keeping me from getting diabetes, which, you know... I'm kind of glad my gallbladder went instead of diabetes coming in. So, um, you know, I'm definitely still not out of the, the danger zone for that yet. But it, it will, uh, it will not last long, this sugar addiction. You know, um, addiction is like, you know, normal stuff. I mean, addiction in general, it's just some way for somebody to, to take it out on themselves that they weren't as good as they used to be or they're not as good to anybody as they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, we use stuff for the dumbest reasons. Some people literally, literally seek out the people in life that aren't going to just make you feel good about yourself just because you ask. There's people that seek that out, and it's like, you come to me wanting to know if you're, like, good? You're talking to the wrong one. That's a speech about the good and evil that you don't want to hear. You know, that's kind of what I have to say to people. Like, it's, you know, I've warned people before I talk when they come to me and ask me. I warn them before I even open up. Like, if they ask, that doesn't mean I need to talk. That's just curiosity. But once they ask me and actually say, like, yeah, they want my opinion. Oh, yeah. So here's another one. Um... How much of your decisions are made entirely on your own versus influenced by others? So basically what they're asking is how much of your decisions on both sides of your own and influenced by others do you sit on? And um, most people will think that they think for themselves and it's cute, but it's not true. You know, like even now I'm not thinking for myself. I mean, if I was thinking for myself, I'd be playing poker or, you know, like just sitting out in the middle of the desert in the cool air. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's very, very few things that I'd rather be doing right now than anything that I'm doing right now. 
you know, and that's just life. But, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> we're not thinking for ourselves. Um, most of the things that we act on as far as what we think we're supposed to do, they're already set in stone for, for us to abide by. And you wonder why anxiety is a problem. Um, as far as me, I mean, I'm a different case. Like, I'm, I mean, really, there's a real true sense of, of narcissism with my with my balance between my thoughts and who's influencing my thoughts. And ultimately, and this is speaking out of true humble narcissism, that even in the military, I dissociated so much that somehow I was able to maintain my thoughts and still evolve them. Um, maybe it was because I went through the trauma before my brain finished developing. But there was something about what I've been through and the timing that it came in. And due to how sheltered I was and, you know, love being a problem um, for my family. It's, it's, it's almost like I was never influenced by others, which is stupid because I got a job before. That's an influence. That's being influenced to do something based on somebody else's standard. So it's not really that true. But if there was any way that I would say I consciously decided to endure the program, I would say that was done more than being like completely baffled to the fact of why I was doing things. I knew exactly why I was doing everything. And I, I can't say that my past allowed me to be able to discern or even be susceptible and vulnerable to being influenced by others. Um, no, it just didn't happen. Uh, but others, yeah, others, others basically are battling inside of themselves whether to use their own thinking or let themselves be influenced just because they're social people. So there's them, which are different from me, but in the end, they're still basically like battling on the internal, you know what I mean? And which will then cause a battle. Uh, because if somebody feels like you're influencing or if they're influencing you to think, and you're letting them, they're not going to feel pretty, like, strong for you. Like, they're not going to feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, confident of your, your strength. You know, like, it's like, you're, you were able to be pushed to this extent, regardless of the fundamentals you claim to understand. I guess you don't think for yourself. You know, it's like, it's like, you have to literally go down the line, skip all that, well, what about this and this and this? No. Screw this. You are acting out of impulse, which means you are not thinking for yourself. That's pretty much it. And it's so easy. Nobody has to be mad when they let this information out. And nobody has to agree with it. The person's life will disagree enough that they will agree eventually. And so that's basically the gist of that. Um, yeah, I, I, my decisions are definitely my... I think about my... I think about everything that I do. Um... And what I do is think. So it's kind of hard to get into that position of being influenced by people when you think all the time to the point where if you don't need the outside to, to get you to think or to get you to do it correctly, at least. Um, whom else can we answer a question? I don't know anything about Harry Potter, so that's a stupid question. Um, basically, here's a lovely, lovely question. Um, is romantic love between two people 
always unequal, um, which means imbalanced, uh, which means reciprocity is weak one way as opposed to another. Yes. People who love have different perceptions of love, which tend to make their expectation and behaviors outweigh certain things weirdly. Uh, you know, it's, I know the capacity of love that I have, but I also know people's response to love as a feeling. And most people aren't so welcome of love. Regardless of what people say, most people don't want love. You know, most people don't want love because ultimately that person probably ended up with a stitch of hatred because of that love and can't really deal with the hatred. So it's, there really is an imbalance. And most of the time that imbalance is thrown completely into that imbalance by expecting your fantasy and perception to be upheld by another. That's kind of where it ends up falling at. And once it falls, it pretty much falls, like the scales do when one gets too heavy. Um, you know, you can't expect, honestly, if it were up to me, nobody would be able to make any contractual emotional arrangement because that's just contradiction in itself. If it were up to me, everybody would love and do everything they would normally do, just not with the idea that everybody has. Everybody has the idea of love being something that they had to have seen before. And they can't fathom wanting something that they've never seen before. So it's like, okay, well, let me use that logic for you then. How about a million dollars? I guarantee you would love to see that and never have. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, you, you, you got to just, just let the shit go. Um, the love, the chasing, the desiring of things external I mean even when you're chasing internal feeling it's like if you're not already acknowledging the feeling that love would be why are you going to dig even deeper it's there you know what I mean like you really need to be convinced that love is in your heart and then do you really need to convince somebody else to stay on that plane so that you can be comfortable with loving like screw all that if you cannot let that person love you the way that they want to love you which ultimately can be anything then you don't need to be near anybody. Like it's, you don't need to come to terms with love with anybody like that. Start with yourself. Ultimately, when a person can't take the love because it causes feelings, it almost makes them look dis dysfunctional because somebody's trying to love them and they're trying to do everything in their power to sabotage their own, their own approval. You know, back to the approval thing. It's so weird these cycles people have, all because of the ego. All because of their ego, fear of failure, their, their hatred for rejection, you know, their, their, their skin crawling from disapproval, like, and that constant need and addiction. Seeking the validation. You know, people ask the questions, but they, they don't realize the answer was already in the question. Like, you know, is if they have to ask the point that romantic love is between two people always unequal, like if you have to ask that question about a duality, then it's safe to say that it's always going to be a duality. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nothing really to think about. Like I don't understand why people put so much emphasis on, like this says, romantic love, like love that 
give fluffy feelings to the to the to the fantasy or the the, the you know fairy tale. Like what's the what's what's romantic? How why are you what's romantic? <clears throat> Is romantic action? Because saying romantic in front of the word love doesn't make love an action. It's it, love is still a force. So if somebody wants romantic force, then they want a stalker, somebody that overrides them with attention and affection just because they think they love them this this way. Like romantic that's a fantasy word. Romanticize I mean, when you're romantic, you're doing something like during Valentine's Day. If you're doing something romantic, that means it's probably mushy and it's probably forced because you don't do it all the time, which would make it romantic. Like if you got your woman or your man a gift for one year, I guarantee the next at least five years, they won't give a shit like you thought they would about any of the gifts that you give them at that point. You know, it's like the expectation is raw, but love is a force. Like, love is powerful. And you don't want something that's action-oriented, like being romantic, or anything is in the world of romantic, being um, being completely um, romanticized. Like, love it should not be romanticized. Love is scary. Some people actually hate when they get love thrown to them. People will get upset sometimes when a person cares about them in love more than they are perceiving themselves to love. It's all too much for humans to handle. That's why we end up being as anxious as we are, because we are becoming more loving. But it's it's definitely breeding the same type of balance of hatred. So, um, those are the questions for today. I thought I'd that's a little, that was a little bit easier than just popping the topic and going with it. And it's under 20 minutes, so that's cool. But um, check me out on Instagram. Uh, get on that internet and go through the social medias. And, you know, you type in Awaken Anything, you're going to fucking find me. You know what I mean? And I'm going to make sure of that. So I hope y'all enjoyed this questionnaire segment of this. <laughs>